0: Hey Hose fans, just wanted to make two very quick announcements before this episode starts. The first is that this episode in particular gets pretty explicit, especially near the end. So please be mindful of any little sensitive ears that may be around. The second is that Terry and I now have an email address and we would love to hear any suggestions you have for future shows. The email is thehistoryofsexpod.com at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Enjoy the show. As you may have guessed from the title, the history of everything sex may not be suitable for all audiences. Please use discretion.
1: <laughs> How are you? Oh, good. How are you? I'm good. You want to say you welcome? Cool. Welcome to the history of everything sex. Yay! Yay! I'm Melinda. I'm Terry, And we are your
0: hostesses today. Yes, we are. And since this is our fifth episode, we are kind of wilding out today. We got sex politicians, bad words, music legends, and even some tragedy. Oh no, not tragedy. All in this episode of the history of everything sex. So buckle up and get ready for the long ride. Um the long ride this is the history of the parental advisory stickers wonderful the pmrc yeah so today's for today's episode i fell down the rabbit hole that is pmrc or the parents music resource center for those who are not familiar and I think a lot of our listeners might know some parts of this story, but I'm hoping to shed even more light on the whole story. So my goal is for everyone to say... I didn't know that mm-hmm. at least once during mm-hmm. our little history lesson. And trust me, you want to stick around for the fun that I have in store for you after that.
1: Sweet. Something special for our, because it's our fifth episode. Right. So I remember way back when. <laughs> remember when we were just remember starting a out? a few weeks ago? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, so let's
0: start at the beginning, and the year is 1984. So, Ooh, eighty four.
1: What were you doing in nineteen eighty four? I was ten. <laughs> so you weren't on marriage. Um You know what? But if we're talking about we're talking about music, obviously. Yep. Parental advisory things. I was celebrating my tenth birthday uh, with a lot of neon. I bet. I neon, wham! Wake me up before Very you go okay. go. Yep. Um, MTV. Uh, Madonna's like a virgin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eighty four.
0: I think my brother, my stepsister, and I were doing putting on the hits where you lip sync. Yes. And you also get points for if you can dress up like the person, which we couldn't, but we
1: did our best. Yeah. It was a damn good time. Yeah. It was good. Innocence. Having so much fun. You know, I want my MTV. We had moved from uh, Indiana to Michigan with my mom, and we were living with my cousins. Oh, my gosh. I used to make them... They were younger than me, and I used to make uh, them, Sean and Jason, if you ever listen to this, thank you for being so patient, I um, used to make them sing, lip sync and sing along with songs, and Harder Rock and Roll was their favorite. Oh, that's a great I song. By Huey Lewis the News. Heck yeah. Yeah, they used to wear sunglasses and hats and act like guitar players and stuff. It was cute.
0: So that's what's what ha- that is what was happening in Michigan. Uh We're going to talk about over in Washington, D.C., what was going on. Oh, yes, yes. So over in Washington, D.C., Susan Baker's seven-year-old daughter, Mary, Mm. she was singing Like a Virgin and asking her mommy what a virgin was. Oh. Elsewhere in our country's capital, Tipper Gore's 11-year-old daughter, Karenna, could be Karenna. Yeah. I'm one with Karenna. Mm -hmm. Uh, She had just bought Prince's album Purple Rain. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. I, yeah, so as Tipper and her daughter listened to the album together, you know. <coughs> darling Nikki. Darling Nikki <laughs> came on, and Tipper was appalled. I bet she was. Ears started bleeding, uh-huh. heart started racing, you know, it went crazy. Pam Howard was also offended by Prince as she witnessed her daughter listening to the artist's music at breakfast And she said her daughter was developing a, quote, punk look. Oh, no, not that. Right, yeah. Um, Susan and Tipper were already friends, and they realized that they were both having the same issues. So they and Pam and another mom, Sally, Nevias or Nevias. Okay. I like Nevias. I like Nevias. I'm I'm going with that. Yeah. Um, So they all got together. Decided to Karen it up. Karen it up. So the women jumped into action. They started door knocking. They started sending letters to everybody that they knew um, sharing their concerns about children being subjected to this explicit music and hoping to increase awareness among parents. Which is not the worst thing in the world. I mean Mm-mm. parents should know what their parents I mean, what, what their kids, kids are it. listening yeah. to. Yeah. They should. You know, it's kinda of like now with the internet, you're supposed exactly. to Exactly, you know, whatever. So parental locks and Exactly. So what I got annoyed about so much while I was researching this episode is this. When you Google PMRC and you see these four women's names every single time, each name is followed by wife of, uh, and I'm like, what year is this? Right. Wife of, <clears throat> she just, she, is this The Handmaid's Tale? Right, right,
1: right. Blessed be the fruit.
0: Yeah, and I get why. I mean, it's relevant to the story that their husbands were senators and influential DCers, but I mean, come on, these women were more than just the wife of XYZ. Right. So I decided that we're going to spend a few minutes talking about Susan, Tipper, Pam, and Sally. Okay. So, <laughs> first, Susan Garrett. She was born in Houston, Texas on October 11th, 1938, and she and her first husband, Jimbo Winston, No, Jimbo. Jimbo, if you will. They divorced after having three children together, Elizabeth, Will, and Bo. Why didn't they name the other one Jim? They could have had Elizabeth, Jim, and Bo, and Jimbo. Right. Mm. They
1: missed opportunity.
0: Not fun. So, during their marriage, Susan and Jimbo were friends with politician James Baker and his wife, Mary. Jimbo passed away shortly after their divorce. He was only in his 30s. And Mary Baker... Who was James's wife? So Mary Baker, who was born Mary Stewart, from Dayton, Ohio. Hello, hometown shout out. Uh, she and James had four sons together. So we got two couples going on here, right? Uh-huh. We got Susan Garrett, who's married to Jimbo, and we got James Baker, the politician, married to Mary from Ohio. So, and they're all friends. Mm-hmm. Jimbo's out of the picture because they got divorced. Yeah. Susan is still friends with James and Mary. Yeah. And then Mary gets diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh. Right. So Susan um, was often at her bedside, helping to care for her, comfort her. And then a couple months after Mary passed away, James and Susan secretly got married. Oh, don't don. don. yeah. <laughs> This As is s- scandalous. Yes. And this was a decision that they didn't even tell their kids. And when they found out later. They- very angry. the best, yeah. Very angry. Yeah. So in 1975, Susan and James moved to Washington, D.C. They, together, they have one daughter, and they named her Mary Aww. after his, after, his pastime wife. After her best friend. Mm, and I think that's weird, but okay. Yeah, okay. Um, but everybody's named Mary in here, so. Yeah. And then James went on to serve as the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Treasury, and later as the Secretary of Commerce. So, okay. you know, he had a couple jobs. Um, Tipper Gore, who was born Mary Elizabeth Aitchison in 1948 in Arlington, Virginia. Um, as a student, she went to an all-girl high school at St. Agnes. Tipper was involved in several sports and she was the drummer of an all-girl rock band called the Wildcats. Oh my gosh. Um at age 16, she met Albert Gore, who was 17. They went on to Boston for college. Um, Al went to Harvard. Tipper, a year later, went to Boston College. And then they married in May of 1970. So Tipper, whos who we're talking about, Uh majored in psychology. She went on to earn her master's with the goal of being a child psychologist. So during her college years, she also worked as a photographer, which was another love of hers. And when Al won a seat in Congress good old tipper decided to ditch her career plans and focus on him and the family right to help him campaign etc so all in all the couple had four kids together karina Kristen, sarah and albert Third. okay and in 1978 and 1979 Tipper chaired the Congressional Wives Task Force, which focused on social issues, mm-hmm. and she organized and founded Families for the Homeless in 1984.
1: <laughs> All so, right, pretty good lady. Pretty good lady. Yeah, I mean, she she's did her doing little stuff, right? You know, she's yes. you know she may have ditched her career, but she's making a difference, right?
0: Yeah. So on to number three here, Miss Pam Pam Heislop. Uh, she was born in 1942. She attended Mount Lebanon High School in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She majored in history and architecture at Carnegie Institute of Technology, mm-hmm. which sounds very high class. It does. It does. Sounds like important for smart people. Yeah. Um, so she worked as an executive assistant after college, and then she started her own fashion advertising company. All right. Called Rohan or. Rojan. I don't know if you say the <clears> J. <throat> I'm right. So right, right. Rohan, Rohan advertising. kind of sounds right, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now Raymond Hauer um, had been married to Elaine Hauer. So whole other couple are coming into the mix again. Mm-hmm. Um, they had four children: Cynthia, Karen, Raymond Jr., and Alan. In 1976, after their divorce, Raymond married Pam. So together they had one daughter, Elizabeth. All right, right. So lots of divorces, remarriages, yeah, mixes of families, and, Marys and- all over <clears> the <throat> right? So Raymond was a wealthy real estate developer and construction firm co-owner in D.C., and he was very active in D.C.'s Republican Party, mm-hmm. working as a top dog in several Republican committees. So you know he was another D.C.er. You yeah. know all the all the good old boys were you know knew of him. So last but not least, we have Sally Cunningham, who hailed from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where her family was prominent due to her grandfather's founding of Rominger Southern Furniture Company. Sally graduated from All-Girl College, Mount Vernon, and taught fourth grade in North Carolina and later Florida public schools. Jack Navias was born in 1920. He first married Sheila Sheldon in 1950. They had two children, Catherine and Ted, but they divorced Jack and Sally.
1: Jack and (laughs) Sally.
0: Yes. So now Jack and Sally married in 1968 and had a daughter, Christina. Okay. Okay. Lots of mixed... What do you call that? Blended families. Thank you. Blended families. So. So... Jack was the Washington City Council Chairman, appointed by Lyndon B. Johnson, and later by Dick Nixon. Dick Nixon. (laughs) Um, Can't trust that, Dick Nixon. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Sally, of course, was busy with her own things. She was Dean of Students at her alma mater, Mount Vernon College, as well as the President of the Alumni Association. She served two terms as the chairperson of the college trustee. She was a member of the Junior League of Washington, the D.C. Commission on Post-Secondary Education, and, of course, she was very active in the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. Even
1: cooler, she was like a death doula.
0: You ever heard of a death
1: doula? You know what I have? I have. Just recently, though. Just someone who aids somebody as they're passing. Correct. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's the coolest thing. Yeah, that is really cool.
0: Um, she volunteered starting in nineteen seventy seven at the Saint Francis Center of the Society of Death and Dying, mm-hmm. working with terminally ill patients, and she would even help them write their own obituaries. Oh, very oh, cool. interesting. That, that is just so that neat. is cool
1: because you know a lot of people don't have somebody. Right. And I have more tea on these ladies later. But for now,
0: let's get into the heart of the matter, the old PMRC part. So, as you recall, the four moms were pissed. It's 1984. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as you can tell, these were smart, well-educated, well-off women who were no strangers to public speaking, raising awareness,
1: organizing committees, it's well and you've fun. got was it Tipper, this child psychologist? Exactly. That, I mean she, she studied so so they they have what well, I'm sure what they feel is what they feel is the what's best for for everyone and what's like best have the for right child development Yeah, yeah, they're just not somebody Karen. Yeah, they're just not somebody being a Karen.
0: Correct. Right. So um, it's easy to uh, imagine that they would be a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. The official Parents Music Resource Center opened in Arlington, Virginia, funded by Coors, as in the beer. Oh, <laughs> mhm. Uh, 7 Up. Okay. Dow Chemicals and the Mary Reynolds Babcock Foundation, which is from RJ Reynolds Tobacco, like Mary was that's where she got her money or oh, whatever, okay, okay, or okay. from the tobacco stuff. So, the beer the soda, the chemicals, and the tobacco, they're all back in this lady. They're so, back in this yeah, group that's, of ladies, that's I funny. should say. So, yeah. So Okay. <laughs> so, the women traveled the country talking to and recruiting the national and the local PTAs, and their solution to helping parents decide which albums to allow or prohibit their kids from buying or listening to was twofold. So, first, they recommended labeling all offensive music with rating stickers, so, X is for violent or sexually explicit lyrics. Uh-huh. D slash A for songs that were considered pro-drugs or alcohol. And O for music that discussed the occult. Because, you know, satanic panic in the mid-80s, satanism right, was right. a really big deal. <laughs> Judas and
1: priests and the, all the, yeah. Yes, it led to all the kids in the country killing people. Y- yes, as, as it's did. always music. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Secondly, they wanted all the albums to include a written transcript of the lyrics of all the songs on the LP so the parents could read for themselves what their kids would be hearing. Okay. Not a bad
1: idea. So, as well, part- and it makes it easier for us kids to learn the songs. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> because how many times did I have to
0: record it and then rewind it and listen again and then write it down? I did it with re- the entire Beastie Boys album. I, I did, did it there. with yeah. Paula Abdul's. Did you? First yeah. album. It straight up. I kept re- rewind, and then pause. I'd write the words. Yep. you write it down. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-uh. So as part of their campaign, they wrote to record labels asking them to do just these things. And crazily, the president of the Recording Industry Association of America, Mr. Gordikov. Oh. We're going to go with that. Okay. Uh, he wrote back. And he had good news, but then he had a little less good news. Okay. 19 record labels had agreed to voluntarily put labels on their albums. And cassettes, because, you know, we have cassettes.
1: Yeah.
0: uh, That contained explicit language. But the companies were not willing to go any further than that, and they disagreed with any rating system. Mm -hmm. So a year later, the PMRC members were less than impressed with this... Besides an occasional barely there sticker on a few records, the RIAA hadn't really done anything different. Okay. So, you know, they, they talked a good game. Like, yeah. okay, hush, hush, ladies. We got you. And we'll then we'll then put stickers on in the yeah, they, yeah. So, so go home and wait for it. Uh, so what would any group of well-connected wives of U.S. politicians and highly respected D.C. suits do next? Yep. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they arranged
0: for a congressional hearing oh you course. know when they say don't make a federal case about it yes i kept, I kept running through my head i'm exactly. like don't make a federal case about it oh but we are oh but they are and they yes. did
1: yes yes, yes. So, i think this is where i remember
0: like at this hearing point,
1: the hearings and things like that yeah tipper gore for the first time and super public and stuff like that yeah so But, because they
0: weren't even intending to propose legislation, this was really crazy. Because they weren't asking for a new law or a change of a law. It was just like a mediation. Like, a very public, well-publicized, nationally televised hearing in front of the Commerce, Science, and Transportation Committee. Which happened to include Senator Al Gore. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh So, it was... You know, a, a lot of people on both sides honestly thought this was a big waste of time. Right, but it happened. Uh-huh. So. And, uh huh. And I know we can all think of songs that we would deem explicit or not suitable for kids. Yeah. And at the hearing, the PMRC came out with mm-hmm. an arsenal, complete with music videos, a slide presentation, mm-hmm. and most of the music they used as examples was rock or metal. Uh, but it really ran the gamut, and they even produced a list called the Filthy Fifteen, with the 15 worst possible songs so full of sex, drugs, and alcohol, and violence that children should absolutely never be allowed to listen to them. Are we going to list them? Oh, we're going to list them. Oh, good. <laughs> And I have to admit that even as I consider myself an 80s kid... There's a few of these I've never heard of, but you probably did. Possibly. We had very different tastes in music, and still do I have very yeah. different tastes in music. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, so let's start, and I got a little, you know, some of the lyrics that we can share. Okay. So, number 15 is the crazy-ass Cindy Lauper. Was she bop? I will tell you that I was over the age of 40 when I learned that bop
1: means to masturbate. I didn't know. I had no I idea. well, I didn't know that Shibop was yes explicit in any kind of way. Just because if you really listen and you want it to mean that she bop she bop, we bop Yeah. I even I told bop, my sister, bop, my older sister the other day and she's
0: like, I heard that recently too and I said, I always thought it was about dancing. I pictured. Why oh, wouldn't it be? It's like, I
1: yeah. Well I the guess the I need to listen to say, the actual Yeah.
0: I wanna go south and get some more. Oranges um, from Georgia. Come right. on. I mean, peaches left,
1: from Georgia. Oranges from Florida.
0: She left that part out. It just sucks. I want to go south and get some more. Yeah. Uh, I better stop or I'll go blind, which we all know is Well, the, because it's dark and it's <laughs> raining at night. You got to pull over. Uh, I can't stop messing with the danger zone. Wait, Kenny Loggins sings <laughs> about the danger zone too. <laughs> He's probably would have made the list. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, for that reason, Miss, Miss Lopper is number fifteen. Uh, 14, the song Possessed by Venom. Oh, no. No. So the lyrics say, look at me, Satan's child. Okay. We drink the vomit of priests, make love with the dying whore. We suck the blood of the beast. That's pretty, I can't really make something up for that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, He (laughs) says, I am possessed by all that is evil, the death of your God I demand and satan is my master incarnate hail praise to my
1: unholy host wow you know uh, they were almost asking for that so much for the double innuendo <coughs> right. right i mean this is pretty much right <laughs> this today. is this is
0: this is what it is yeah i will say i mean you know cuz i always had to play both sides when you listen to the song, it just sounds like screaming. Like, I'm not sure that you really would know what right. he's saying uh-huh. most of the time. It's like ah, And you're like, oh, okay, let's just scream at like, him.
1: Look at me, sugar child. Exactly.
0: Something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then, on a different note, number 13 is uh-huh. Mary Jane Girls with In My House. And you know this song? Oh. You just In never In my knew. house? Yes. Yeah. You just maybe probably never knew that it was no. Mary Jane Girls. Uh-uh. Yeah. So... so Joanne McDuffie, who was one of the Mary Jane girls, Uh said, Of course it's about sex, but we did it so tastefully. She also says the PMRC ruined any chance of their group's success. And some of the lyrics are, I'll be your sugar in the morning and the sweet stuff you need at night. Uh Um, So when you need a little peace of mind, come on over, boy, anytime. I'll keep you happy and satisfied. Here's the key to unlock my...
1: Door. Quote, unquote, door. Door. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my house is her vagina. Oh, it's a vagina. I thought it was the pantry.
0: Yeah, no. She's keeping you satisfied not with fruit snacks
1: snacks and cereal. Uh, Number 12, Black Sabbath. Trashed. I've heard it. I don't really know. It's basically
0: about drinking and driving. And the only lyrics that I really... Took the time to wrote down write down where I drank a bottle of tequila and I feel real good.
1: Well, but then he's driving, so <coughs> right, not good practice, not not, not a good. Uh, he's not setting a good example. He's not a role model today. Right, correct. Number eleven,
0: Osborne. Come on. <laughs> number eleven, Merciful Fate sang into the
1: coven. <coughs> no, it's that, well. Did no, say it wrong? No, into
0: the coven. I'm like, oh, well, okay. Right. Yeah, I mean, go witchcraft. Craft. There you go. So immediately you know. <clears throat> bad luck. Bad deal. Uh, lyrics. Come. Well, that's bad enough. <laughs> uh, come, come into my coven and become Lucifer's child. Suck the blood from this unholy knife. Say after me, my soul
1: belongs to Satan. Those are. Yeah, you know. Hmm up for interpretation up for, Yeah, <laughs> I mean I <laughs> could probably come up with something but that's okay we could probably come up with
0: something worse than Satan like yeah like it could mean something even worse than what it says at face value right but right. even at face value it's you know, you know. Uh, right yeah so then we got the old deaf leopard. poured some jerry crumb. no yeah. it's later high and dry oh uh-huh. he said Saturday night I feel right I've been drinking all day okay you know and then he says I got my whiskey I got my wine, I got my woman, and this time the lights are going out.
1: Okay. So he's going to get her all sauced up
0: Yeah. and then have a nap. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so That's what I thought. Number nine is Wasp with animal, parentheses, fuck like a beast. Oh. Are you familiar <laughs> with that song? I am. I don't think I know the fuck like a beast part. Yeah, well, apparently that's the rest of the name of that the song. rest of the song? Okay. Mm-hmm. So he says, I'm <clears> on the prowl and I watch you closely I lie waiting for you. I do whatever I want to you. I'll nail your ass to the sheets. Well, okay. <laughs> Have at it, boy. <laughs> so, th- those moms are I mean, real with that. If us. it's consensual. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, just as a little side note, uh, Blackie Lawless, who was the singer yes. for
1: Wasp, uh-huh.
0: uh, he's now a born again Christian, so he's not real proud of that song. I'm not real proud of that song. Yeah. Right. So when this all comes up, he goes, <sighs>
1: <clears throat> do we oh, have to talk about yeah, animal again? That's not me anymore. That was me in the 80s. So, yeah. Did he change his name from Blackie Lawless to like uh, um, Purple Lawful? Purpo- yeah, something something more joyful. I yeah. honestly don't know. Huh. Maybe he's going to say,
0: even Blackie Lawless can, can
1: be one with God. Or- yeah. Mm-hmm. Number
0: eight, the old Madonna. Like a virgin. Nope. Number eight, dress you up. And this makes me angry. I want to dress you up. I love, love that song. Yeah. I've never thought of it as being sexually explicit.
1: No. Uh, even uh, to this day. Uh, and uh, I'm old uh, now,
0: and I still think. mm uh-uh.
1: I always, I always, I knew it wasn't about putting clothes on, dress you up, but I thought it was, I'm going to like smother you with my love.
0: Exactly. And she says,
1: feel the silky touch of my caresses. They
0: will keep you looking so brand new. Let me cover you with velvet kisses. I'll create a look that's made for you. Going to dress you up in my love all over your body from your head down to your toes. Still not good. The biggest problem
1: with that is she rhymed you with you, in my opinion. <clears throat> Seriously, the biggest problem with that. hmm. So, uh,
0: it just doesn't. Oh, no, no, it was brand new and then made for you. So she rhymed new with you. Okay, that's yeah. all right then. Yeah, that's so. okay. Okay, Madonna, we'll let you have We'll let on you that so get a pass. Yeah, okay. We'll let her continue with her career. Number seven, Twisted Sister. We're not going to take it. What? I know. And, okay, so obviously we all know uh, we've got the right to choose it. Uh, we'll fight the powers that be. Just don't pick our destiny because you don't know us. Yeah, and so I, you know, doing my research, I had to listen to all these songs. And I thought, and I thought well, maybe it's the video. So I watched the video. And it's the dad waking up the teenage boy, and then the teenage boy and his friends kind of, like, beat up the dad, and... Oh, okay. I mean, if you take it to the extreme, then well, it's,
1: I, it. I guess. So it's just about um, de- defying your parents' wishes. Yeah. In, in a, a really bucking all of society, but... Right. Yeah.
0: Right. So it made number seven on the damn Filthy 15. Uh, number six is ACDC, Let Me Put My Love Into You. Not big balls? No. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, it says, don't you struggle, don't you fight, don't you worry, because it's your turn tonight. Let me cut your cake with my knife. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know. I'm, yeah, okay. Huh. Yeah. Um, number five is Motley Crue with Bastard. Huh. And they say, out go the lights, in goes my knife, pull out his life, Com- consider that bastard dead. Get on your knees. Please beg me, please. You're the king of sleaze. Don't you try to rape me. I want to tell you, I was not familiar with this song. Uh-huh. This sounds to me like this bastard did need to die. Right. He has raped people. He's raped people. So <clears throat> I'm thinking, yeah, okay, I could see a parent being like, oh, I don't want my seven-year-old listening to that. I understand. hmm but it also doesn't sound like this explicitly is any kind of satanic. No, no. No, I think that, I don't know, it kind of got to my heart, actually. A yeah. Bit. All right, so we're down to the big four. <sighs> okay. The big four of porn rock. Porn rock. That's what they called okay. it. Okay. So there's Vanity, who had dated a Prince at one point. Oh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that uh, Apollonia? No, different. Different, okay. okay. So... Uh, or maybe the same. I don't know. So Vanity Songs, strap on, Robbie Baby. Well. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, strap on. <clears throat> Check. Yeah. Here's the lyrics. Robbie baby, here you got an electric machine, and it's mean. Makes me want to say, Ew. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you ride me, excite me, strap me on tight? I want to slide down your carnival ride. Mm. You got to fly down my highway. It's open. Strap me on.
1: Huh. Hmm. Not a whole lot of room for interpretation. No, it's pretty straightforward. Judas Priest. Okay, I knew they'd be on there. Eat Me Alive. Okay. Do you know the song? Um, I don't know.
0: The lyrics are saying... Sounds like an animal panting to the beat, groan in the pleasure zone, gasping from the heat. Goes on to say, gut-wrenching frenzy that deranges every joint. I'm gonna force you at gunpoint to eat me alive. Spread eagle to the wall. You're well equipped to take it all.
1: That's
0: Mm, yeah. It's a little rapey. That's a kind of does sound a little rapey. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So there's that. Hmm.
0: Uh, number two, Sheena Easton. Sugar she uh, Walls. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Written by Prince, uh-huh. performed by Miss Sheena Easton. <clears throat> uh, we all know it. Blood races to your private spots. Let me know there, lets me know there's a fire. You can't fight passion when passion is hot. Temperatures rise inside my sugar walls. I had this uh, record, uh-huh. the single. Uh, my dad bought it for me for I'm sorry, the Easter Bunny brought it for me one year yep. at my dad's house. Uh-huh. And I used to blare this all the time. And I don't know if my dad didn't bother to listen. Uh-huh. Or if he was just, he liked it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Or if he was just like, she has no idea what they're even talking about. Because I'm right, right, sure right. I didn't. <clears throat> right. I had no idea. In 84, I was 9. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I loved that song. So hmm, there's that. Number one, darling Nikki.
1: Uh, of Obviously. course. I mean, right? there's nothing you can even... You can't even right. try to defend that thing. Defend that. No, you can't. I, I mean, mean I love it. I do, too. It's one of my favorites. Same. It's absolutely amazing. And I used to
0: sneak and listen to it <sighs> all the time. Uh-huh. The worst thing my parents ever did was give me headphones for my, my stereo. I mean, oh, my right. boombox, uh-huh. whatever you want to call it. Because then when I would get the cassettes and I would listen, they wouldn't hear what I was listening I wouldn't to. Wouldn't hear what you were listening to. Yeah.
1: So, Yeah.
0: Okay. Gotta hear the lyrics so, for that. Oh, she took me to her camp. I didn't even do the first verse, because that's all she they ever talked about. took
1: me to her castle, and I just couldn't believe really my eyes. Had so many vices, everything that money can buy. She said, sign your name on the dotted line. And the lights went out, and the kids started to grind. And then it you got it, girl. That's exactly <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> what I have written down. That's the ones.
0: Uh-huh. So, yeah, like you said, you know, chick, chick, chick. Well, he actually says
1: masturbating in the song. Yes. So, I mean, the very there's no first, a yeah. like, couple lines, right, so. He says sex fiend, masturbating in a magazine. He says, yeah, there's no. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It was a gift. It was a gift to, to all of us 10-year-olds. Absolutely. <laughs> we just felt like we were, you know, on the wrong side of the
0: track yep. for three minutes while we listen to that song. Yeah. So, the Porn Rock hearing itself was hours long, and our listeners can watch it if they want. So, I'm just going to have a few highlights. I'm going to admit my ignorance. Okay. I knew the name Frank Zappa, but I didn't know who he was. Oh, okay. And I had never heard of the Mothers of Invention until this. Okay. So, I just knew that he was
1: a cool guy, and that mm. a lot of people like liked him, but... He was very hippie and... Yeah. Yeah, I remember he had a song called Don't Eat Ye- the Yellow Snow. Really? Yep. My dad had the album, and, and I would listen to some Frank Zappa. And he had a son named Dweezil and a yes. daughter named Moon. And that's the stuff I've heard yes. over yeah, yeah, the yeah.
0: years, you know. But And what, to hear him uh-huh. talk at this damn, because, of course, I had to watch, you know, whatever, the highlights. And uh-huh. um, very well-spoken. Yes, yeah. But uh, also pissed, obviously. Yeah. I mean, he, th- he said this is all about censorship he was pissed. Uh-huh. So here are a couple things that he said: the PRMC demands are the equivalent of treating dandruff with decapitation. Oh wow! Y'all, okay, y'all. He went right there. Right. Um, he agreed that printing the lyrics on the album jackets a great idea, but who's going to pay for that? <clears throat> because you have the right, the songwriters, you have copyright. People, like, obviously, I don't know the ins and outs of the record uh-huh. thing, but the whole point is you can pick up an album, you can read all the words to it, never even buy it because it's on the cover. So, like, how are they making money? Does that, you understand know, so what Yeah, man, so you guys, like, you're
1: kind of like, it's like,
0: um... It's like if, right now, on the internet, if you could go to Amazon and read the book without buying it, right? you might not buy it, right? you already read it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or be like, mm, yeah, it wasn't that great, so I didn't buy yeah. it. So, yeah, so that was kind of his point. And then he also said, you know, or if you're putting it inside, then, you know, they need to know that once they open the album and they read the words, if they don't like it, they can't bring it back. Right, if they, it belongs to them. And they kept saying $8.98. So I guess albums were $8.98 then, because multiple times I heard, if you have the $8.98 to go buy this album, you're not getting your money back if you don't like it. And I'm like, okay, $8.98. Right. Huh. Um... Frank Zappa made the point of who is rating 25,000 songs a year. It's not
1: like the movies, you know, right. where it's less. Uh huh. You know, uh, however many, a couple hundred. Or well, whatever. you got all the genres of music. Exactly. And you, you, you can't just say it's got to be rock, rap. <clears throat> you got to listen to the country songs. All the songs. You got to listen to the gospel songs. Right. We don't know what people are trying to sneak in. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, And then he said, quote, not all parents want to keep their children totally ignorant. Mm, True. I understand that. My favorite part was, um, well, I had a few favorite parts, but I don't know her name. I feel terrible for that. But there was a female congresswoman. That made sense. Um, And she took a minute to ask Frank Zappa questions. And she said, you know, she said, do you buy your children toys? And he said, no, my wife does that. Yeah, And she's like, you know, kind of gave him the look like, well, that sucks, you know, and whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, so she said, well, you may or may not know then that when you go into a toy store and you look at toys, it'll say on it, this toy is for children.
1: To- just three and up or exactly, something
0: like that. Yeah. Exactly, for the safety uh-huh. of the children. Mm-hmm. She said, do you think that's a bad idea? And he said, yes. And she said, and why do you think that's a bad idea? And he said, because nobody knows how smart my kids are. My kids might be smart enough not to know to put that in their mouth, Uh you know, or to stick it in their nose or whatever. Just making the point that your two-year-old and my two-year-old might be completely different people, Uh and they might have different levels of maturity, so don't tell me that my kid can't have it because it's three and up. I'm going to supervise my kid with it, make sure they're safe, blah, blah. Yeah. And she said, well, I'd love to see the toys your kids have. And he said, well, come on over. And everybody just started laughing. Uh Uh-huh. so there, there's also the issue, uh, and Frank Zappa brought this up, there was something called the blank tape tax, which was H.R. 2911, which was a bill. Um, so in the 80s, piracy and home taping were becoming a problem. I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so recording recording songs from the radio or from rented records,
1: <laughs> or last from
0: the past. Uh, so this, of course, meant a loss of revenue for record companies and artists and copyright owners to the tune of $1.5 billion a year. I had no idea when I was sitting in my room recording off of the radio uh-huh. that I was costing them $1.5 billion a year, but apparently I was. So the government proposed a tax on all blank tapes and tape recorders. And the revenue from this would be somehow distributed to the record companies. And those against it said that this would all but delete any copyright laws because it'll give people, like, carte blanche to just record whatever you want. Like, you you paid a little extra on the tape, so you can record whatever you want, and then you can do whatever you want with it. You can sell it. You know, right, a discounted right. price or whatever. So this, that whole bill ended up dying in Congress. But uh-huh. the point is that Frank Zappa was saying that he felt that the hearing about the porn rock was just kind of like a distraction. Okay. Because nobody really wanted to talk about this whole blank tape tax, which was also a big uh, controversy at the yeah. time. So. Um, and like I said before, Zappa and some congressmen, they all agreed that this was just a waste of the government's time and money, even having this hearing. Uh-huh. So Dee Snyder, uh-huh. a Twisted Sister, uh-huh. testified, and mostly he was explaining the meaning of some of his songs. And he pointed out that a lot of his songs were misinterpreted by those who wanted to see something sinister while there wasn't really anything there. Yeah. He also made the point that these stickers, quote-unquote, would just tell kids which records to buy
1: which is so true it is true yeah it's i mean guilty as charged i mean i Mm -hmm. i would reach for one of those before another one anytime because i wanted to which ones are good the ones with the stickers right yep so the climax (laughs) of the (laughs) hearing was
0: when john denver was called to give testimony did you know this uh maybe it's I
1: don't think so. Of. Yeah, I don't think so.
0: So later <laughs> in this one article I was reading, so Zappa and Dee Snyder said that they were holding their breath, waiting to see which way John would argue, because they, they didn't know. Right. They weren't friends with him. Right. Dee Snyder referred to Denver in this article as such a Mom American Pie John Denver Christmas special, fresh scrubbed guy. Yeah. Which is a whole lot of words it to is, it somebody is. Is, uh, You know what? And it all sounds <laughs> correct, but how do know put his name in the per- description of him?
1: Yeah, like you're such John a Denver, Terry girl. You're so you're so John Denverish, John Denver. That's so John Denver of you, JD. That's so John Denverish. So,
0: JD came out swinging. He was pissed because his beautiful song, "Rocky Mountain High." Uh huh. Uh, had been incorrectly interpreted to be about drugs. And he was like, I mean, he, what he said was beautiful. I mean, yeah. he's like, if you've ever been to the Rocky Mountains <clears> throat> and throat> literally seen the gorgeous scenery, uh-huh. you know, it takes your breath away, and I just wanted to sing about it. And uh-huh. they're turning it into something about drugs? Right. Oh, he was pissed. So then he said, quote, I liken this to the Nazi book burnings. Okay.
1: So... Down with censorship. You know that Dee and Frank were like, yes. Exactly. He's on our side. They were back there silent clapping, like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. yes.
0: So uh, the PMRC did establish the infamous black and white parental advisory, quote unquote, tipper stickers, Tipper. That's what stickers. they're called, Yeah, which record companies could voluntarily place on albums and conset- cassettes at their own discretion. Uh-huh. No committee. It's just the record label decides. Ice-T's album, Rhyme Pays, was the first hip-hop album to get stickered for explicit lyrics.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, so, now we go on to where are they now? Okay. So, so they <clears> had <throat> the big hearing. Um, oh, another little gossipy thing from this. When Frank Zappa was testifying, he, like he didn't pull any punches uh-huh. and he literally pointed to like tipper gore and susan baker and was like these boy board housewives you know just need something to do so you know they're attacking music they just you know they need to find something better to do they need a hobby like he was pretty mean to them uh-huh. you know because he <clears> got <throat> attacked by them attacking his music so you know when you're an artist and you love your music you get a little defensive yeah So, then when Al Gore was going to question Frank Zappa, because, you know, of course you get, they do their whole statement, and then one or a couple of the congressmen get to kind of ask questions and Uh clarify. Well, right out the gate, Al Gore's like... Mr. Zappa, I love your music. I've always been a fan. Uh It's really great to meet you. Like, fangirl.
1: Oh, how funny. Fangirled
0: out on him. Yeah. And was like, but I do have a few questions. Yeah. Well, this other senator was like, oh, hell no. He was pissed that Al Gore let this man speak to or about his wife like that. This guy who's not his, not Tipper's husband. Yeah. And he even said, like, even years later, he's still was never friends with Al Gore because of that. Wow. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that too. What if you're you're getting attacked and then your husband's like, I've always loved you. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. And <laughs> then would right. be like,
1: oh, I'm sorry, Jack, what? Yeah, right. That's crazy. Okay, so,
0: um, where are they now? Now that we've talked about all the filthy 15 uh-huh. and, you know, these four well-educated women and all this stuff, so... The PMRC itself was last heard from in 1992, as far as I could find, Mm -hmm. when the Baltimore Sun interviewed Susie Tallett, the executive director of the PRMC, Uh and her assistant, Tom Davis. They were the only two employees, so it wasn't still some big committee or organization or anything. Uh It was two people. And they were busy mailing out packets of information to parents who requested them on certain musicians. They said the most asked about were Guns and Roses
1: and Metallica, uh-huh. and Two Live Crew was a. That is the third. That is a. It's probably, for me, the most memorable. Absolutely. Is the Two Live Crew. A hundred percent. Yep.
0: <coughs> Eventually, the whole thing just went away, um, as the internet made this all obsolete. Right. Doesn't matter because right. they're gonna. Yeah. So that was a short-lived controversy. However. There are numerous songs from the 80s to the 2000s that mention Tipper Gore or the PRMC and not in a good way. Uh-huh. So many songs. Uh-huh. And I will honestly tell you that, you know, there were a couple little lists about them and stuff. And I was like, I've never even heard of these people. You uh-huh. know, there's even a, a group, a music group now called Blank Tape Tax. Oh, funny. It, that's currently, like, active, whatever. That's so crazy. But I do know Eminem. I remember his song about Tipper Gore. Yes, yeah. yes. So now I get to gossip. Oh, good. Okay. So, after all the publicity of the PMRC and Senate hearings, the quote-unquote Washington wives went on with their lives. <laughs> that's a little right. <laughs> so, Miss Susan Baker and her husband Jim are still happily married, they were very close to George and Barbara Bush and Susan even gave a eulogy at Barbara Bush's funeral. Oh. Their daughter, Mary Baker, is an actress who has appeared on NCIS and Criminal Minds and had a part in the movie Charlie Wilson's War. Okay. Susan has written an autobiography outlining her battle with ovarian cancer, which she was diagnosed with and beat in 2009. Okay. Well, diagnosed in 2009 and eventually Okay, Great. Okay. Right. Most people know that Tipper Gore's husband, Al, was Bill Clinton's vice president from 93 to 2001. Uh Well, Tipper was the mental health policy advisor to the president as well as the special advisor to the Interagency Council on the Homeless. She was the national spokesperson for the Back to Sleep campaign to raise SIDS awareness Uh and has always been an advocate for the LGBTQ community. Okay. Clap, clap, clap. Yes. In 2009, Tipper a lifelong deadhead, played the drums with Mickey Hart of the Dead, and later with Willie Nelson at Farm Aid, Huh. Her on the drums. That's crazy. You want to be
1: just like her, don't you? Yeah, I
0: do. Okay. She and Al separated in 2010 and divorced, and she, for a while, dated National Geographic editor Bill Allen, couldn't find if they stayed together, broke up, if uh-huh. she's with someone else or not. I guess everybody decided she wasn't th- the news huh. All right. Sally Cunningham Navias, her husband passed away of ALS, April twenty third, 1993, at the age of 73. Mm. In May of 1998, Sally was awarded an Honorary Doctorate of Humane Letters. No idea what that That's means.
1: That's crazy. I, no idea.
0: I just wrote the quote, and I'm like, yeah. maybe somebody <coughs> else knows. <laughs> um, so she lived in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, where she then married... Nevin Gaiman, Gaiman uh-huh. on September 26, nineteen ninety nine. Nevin passed away six weeks after they got married, huh. on November fourth, nineteen ninety nine, of pneumonia complications.
1: Oh, that's awful.
0: And that's something. Yeah, gee whiz. So your man dies. You're like, I'm going to
1: move to Florida and marry another guy. And then he dies, and
0: that's crazy. That is crazy. Okay. So I found this very interesting court case. And it involves Christina Okay. which is their daughter's name. The daughter, right. This person, this female, is from Washington, Uh D.C. I mean, like, the age, like, everything fits. But there was nowhere where it specifically said daughter of. Okay. So I can only assume. Uh So I'm putting that out there now. I can only assume. Okay. So after graduating from Davidson in 1996, she joined the African Inland Missionary International, or AIM, in 1998. She was a missionary to Nambia in September 1999, and she opened a soup kitchen, uh-huh. uh, feeding local poor kids, until the local church objected to the presence of black kids being there.
1: <sighs>
0: right. So she said, F you. Yeah. She ditched the project and scooted over and opened a home for abused, neglected, and orphaned children called Mark 937. Some... biblical Biblical thing, yeah. Yeah. So, in April of 2005, she was accused of mishandling the foundation's funds, abusing and neglecting the children, Mm. and, quote, her sexual behavior. Oh, I'm sorry, they phrased it as her unbiblical behavior. Uh. Girl was getting eh? (laughs) freaky. So, after AIM terminated her employment, she sued the company for $340,000, breach of contract and she claimed that AIM and the local church were conspiring against her because they wanted the land where her home the Mark 937 house was um to open a whites only bed and breakfast and she basically lost the case it was all dismissed Uh they had all kinds of good reasons for why to dismiss it but um uh, yeah
1: so that's <clears throat> interesting that is very interesting. i'm sure it was the music i'm sure it was it. i'm sure it was no doubt at all it was she she went did some punk stuff right and uh got fucking crazy and then went like totally a different direction unbiblical of her yeah to so open a soup kitchen darling and all right, right so
0: last but most interesting and, and i'm not i don't mean this most interesting as in I'm not going to say, like, this is neat. Ah. Uh-huh. It's just interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, also really heartbreaking. All right. Follow me. So, Pam Howard's husband, Raymond. Okay. Uh, he died July of 1993 of a heart attack at, Na- at the Nantucket Yacht Club in Massachusetts while on vacation. Okay. Right. His daughter, Karen, <laughs> married a man named William Brown. They lived in South Florida. During their divorce, Karen had a tumultuous relationship with a Robert Staff, who was 56 years old, and he ended up murdering her in May of 1998. She was Murdering her. Murdering her. Her brother, <clears throat> Ray Jr., died suddenly on Christmas Day, 2016. Her other brother, Allen Hauer... Died suddenly at home December 12th of 2017, less than a year later. Huh. That is nuts. That is nuts. And then, because I said I was in this rabbit hole and I just couldn't stop. Yeah. Here's a little little bit extra extra for you. Uh Uh-huh. So, Ray Jr., the son who died suddenly on Christmas Day 2016, he had married Julie Melanick, from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and they founded Rehab at Work, which was a physical therapy business. They had four kids together. She passed away from cancer at age 62 in 2020. Wow. This whole family. Yeah. Has just Pam herself passed away at age 77 um, at her Washington, D.C. home of pancreatic cancer. Wow. Um, Cynthia and their daughter together, yeah. Elizabeth... Are successful young women. They're beautiful. I was able to uh, find them a little bit, and they're doing great. Cool. So lots of stuff going on. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Horrible for and that, that family, too.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. So let's take a breath, and let's remember while we're here. So there definitely has not been enough sex talk so far in this episode. Right, right, right. And I promised you you would be rewarded uh-huh. if you stuck around. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that each generation's music is more offensive than the last. Right. Right? I mean, we're yeah. looking at this 80s filthy 15 and we're like, tame. Like, seriously. Right. right. And? <laughs> Can you imagine how the PMRC would be today? They would be slapping them stickers on every damn thing. Oh, slap, 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 slap. Right. But wait, we need to travel back in time to the real hero here, the Dirty Blues. Okay. And I'm talking about music from the 1920s and 30s. Okay. I mean, this is... My grandma was born in the 20s. Uh-huh. And... Yeah. I Debating if I have enough info to later on do an entire episode on uh-huh. the Dirty Blues. I had never heard of this. Like, uh-huh. this was all new to me. And it is absolutely intriguing. It is so interesting. Uh-huh. Real quick, like, um, so... You know, it's depression era. Yeah. And um, obviously slavery had ended. Yeah. But, you know, black people were still not allowed to go places, certain places. It was all still segregated. Yeah. So if you were fun and lucky enough to go to a black bar or black club, you would hear the blues. Uh-huh. Right? Makes sense. Uh-huh. Well... They had some pretty juicy music that I'm going to play for you. Okay. So um, let's. There's three songs in particular that I just really love. Um, And I will. I'll I'll read you a little bit of the lyrics first, and then you get to hear the fun songs. Okay. So this is called It's Tight Like That. It's tight like that. (laughs) And this is by Tampa Red from 1928. Uh huh. Listen here folks, I wanna sing a little song. Don't get mad, we don't mean no harm, you know. It's tight like that. Um da 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 da. da. There was a little black rooster, met a little brown hen, made a date at the barn about half past ten, you know, it's tight like that. I went to see my gal over across the hall, found another mule kicking in my stall. You know, it's tight like that. Now the girl I love, she's long and slim. When she whip it, it's too bad, Jim. It's tight like that genius that is crazy uh mama had a little dog his name was ball if you give him a little taste he'd want it all it's tight like that oh all right so let's uh-huh. uh so let's listen to this okay lovely song <laughs> it's fun
1: And had a name did
0: did Maybe it's good when it's tight like that. I'm that, losing my religion That is hilarious. That is just oh. explicit lyrics yeah to say. Alright, and then um, I don't know which of these two to go with next because they're both so awesome So let's do My Gal's Pussy
1: Well, it's actually called My Gal's Pussy? It is, yes From the 20s and 30s? Yes, by Harry, Roy,
0: and his orchestra Oh my god I'm going to play from the beginning Oh, this is clearly about a cat (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's never dirty always clean in giving thrills never me but it's
0: the best i've ever seen is my girl's pussy that is incredible isn't that amazing yeah and then there's more he talks about that he always <clears throat> takes off his glove before he strokes his girl's pussy well, that's
1: good. Yeah, but I mean, that's the, just... The cat meows at the beginning. It so, does. So it's... Cl- I mean... Clearly, <clears throat> it's Snowball. Snowball, yes. disgusting, you know. Oh, my God.
0: Lucille Bogan is infamously, quote, the writer of some of the most sexually explicit songs ever committed to record. Her song, Shave Them Dry, is from 1935. <sighs> 1935. It crazy. just cracks me up. So first, just in case it's not clear, which I think it is, I'm going to read you the lyrics. Uh-huh. Uh, and then well, I'll play you a little bit of this great song. I got nipples on my titties, big as the end of my thumb. I got something between my legs will make a dead man come. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, daddy, baby, won't you shave them dry? Now draw it out. Want you to grind me, baby. Grind me till I cry. Say I fucked all night and all the night before, baby. And I feel just like I want to fuck some more. Oh, great God, daddy. Grind me, honey, and shave me dry. And when you hear me holler, baby, want you to shave it dry. Nipples on my titties, da-da-da-da-da. That, that, I mean, holy shit. Yeah. She says, I'm going to turn back my mattress and let you oil my springs.
1: <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> I want you to grind
0: me, Daddy, till the bell do ring. Uh, now, if fucking was the thing that would take me to heaven, I'd be fucking in the studio till the clock strike 11. Oh, Daddy, Daddy, shave them dry. I would fuck you, baby honey. I'd make you cry. This is my favorite verse of any song in the entire world ever, and I will never forget this. Okay. Now your nuts hang down like a damn bell sapper, and your dick stands up like a steeple. Your goddamn asshole stands open like a church door, and the crabs walk in like people. Haul shit! Baby, won't you shave them dry? (laughs) And then this is how she... Oh my God! This is how she sews it up at the end. Yeah. A big sow gets fat from eating corn, and a pig gets fat from sucking Reason you see this whore, fat like I am, great god, I got fat from fucking. My back is made of whalebone and my cock is made of brass and my fucking is made for working men's two dollars. Great god, round to kiss my ass. Woohoo, daddy, shave them dry.
1: Oh my god. I love this woman. That this is, is crazy. Let's just listen to a yeah. little, little uh, bit of Lucilla Lucille. Bogan. Bro, Bro, Ripples on my titties, big as the end of my thumb. I got something between my legs, I'll make a dead man come on you shave them dry <laughs> No, no, no Want you to grind me, baby Grind me until I cry Say i fucked all night All the night before, baby And I feel just like I want to fuck some more oh, great God, daddy Grind me, honey Shave me
0: dry Is that not something? It's something And when you yeah. hear me and she's beautiful
1: oh my god make come that is
0: something else she also uh, has another song called BD woman and BD stands for bull dyke Oh my gosh! Which I honestly I wouldn't have realized that that word was like that that phrase was used in the 20s, right, right, right. but yeah. apparently it was. And did she say "bd"? Yes. Okay. The, yeah, "bd." Um, but I mean, the list of her songs just goes on, and it's like I said, it's just amazing.
1: Um, that is that is crazy. And to
0: think that it was. 20s and 30s I right guessed.
1: right yeah so that's my little and it's crazy because like i think of like whenever i see movies and stuff from the past and i hear them like in a movie and they'll say fuck or whatever i'll be like that's just it almost doesn't seem like they would talk like that back then exactly you know what i'm saying so then i'm like Absolutely. oh this isn't historically correct correct but it's i put it in their songs
0: Lucille Bogan's song till the cows come home. Uh, that it starts with every time I fuck them men's, I give them a the doggone clap. I told him I got a good cock. They got a great big dick just like a bastard bat. Why does she say cock? I don't know. Huh? I I guess maybe at one point a
1: a cock was like was just your privates, your privates, huh? your genitals, your sex organ? Yeah.
0: I got a man I love I got a man I like Every time I fuck him in I give him the doggone clap
1: Oh, baby Give him the doggone (laughs) clap So she's just giving gonorrhea just left and right. She doesn't care. That's the kind of pussy that they really like. So. Yeah. I love wow. This lady. She's talk about being liberated and just yeah. So she whatever.
0: Once she was, you know, she couldn't get a lot of record uh, labels to uh, oh, really record. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised. Right, and they couldn't play it on the radio. <clears throat> uh-huh. So basically, any of her uh, fame she got literally from performing in these uh, black-only... Usually, they, it did say that sometimes whites would find their way in there. Um, everybody
1: loved her. Uh-huh. That is so beyond anything we have, even now. Even now, yeah. Even because it's more innuendos now. Right. Like, throat baby. Right, <laughs> exactly. I want to give them to you. Throat My. babies. Is that a song? You've not heard it? No. Okay, so I don't know the lyrics, but it goes, but it sounds like this. Okay. Throat babies. Oh. I want to give them to you. Throat babies, meaning that he wants her to swallow. Oh. Because they're throat babies. Got it. You get it? Like the last right. Bernie's yes. instead of making babies. Yeah. They're throat Okay, is yeah. this on the radio right now? It is. Okay, it I'll is. look into that. You probably, I don't know that I've heard it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely heard it on the radio. Okay. It was—it would be, we'd be at work and it'd be playing. Oh my gosh. And so I thought they were saying, go baby, or something <laughs> like that. And then somebody at work told me what they were saying. And then I thought that was even better. <laughs> God, gotcha. hilarious. Yeah, <clears> it's, <throat> it's
0: just crazy, like, like you said, like, now there's all the innuendo. I remember hearing once that Prince's song, um, Let's Go Crazy, that when he says... Nothing gonna let the elevator break us down, and I, I don't know where I heard this, so it's uh-huh. you know not necessarily a fact, but at, I had heard somewhere along the way that they weren't supposed to say devil or Satan, <clears throat> and the elevator was actually symbolic of the devil okay. in that song. And I'm just like, oh yeah, right, you can sing, darling, Nikki. Well, but then darling, Nikki couldn't be on the radio, so maybe he right, right, was right, like, right. I'm gonna need some of these songs to be on the radio, so uh-huh. we're gonna have to be a little bit cleaned her up, Yeah. You know, what in the name? I he's got a, quite know. a few, uh, really explicit. Yeah, yeah. And he's got quite a few with that double entendre or whatever they yeah call yeah it, yeah where, yeah like um raspberry beret. Uh
1: huh. Um, little red Corvette. Oh, little red Corvette oh, is my god. I mean, they talk about cr- Trojans. Exactly. And, yeah. All the men who had ridden before. All the men. It's
0: kind of crazy because I definitely. Think that the most explicit lyrics, as I was growing up, were definitely Two Life Crew.
1: Definitely, definitely. I, I remember sneaking into my. Uh, well, we didn't have to sneak. Uh, it was my <laughs> friend's uh, older brother, and he had Two Life Crew. Um. You know all the words to all yeah. those songs now. Oh, I know. Pop that pussy. Right. So, there's a song called The Fuck Shop. Yes, there is. Okay. I remember that one, yep. And they went on Phil Donahue. Oh, they did? Yeah. Okay. They went on Phil Donahue and changed the lyrics to The Funk Shop, (laughs) right? (laughs) Oh, okay. But you have to Google. Now, I don't know that this was ever aired. Oh, okay. But it's on... It is on YouTube. Okay. And you can find it. That's hilarious. And so, we are talking... I don't know how long ago this would have been. Well, 80, 85, It's gotta be in mean, the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's just looking at the crowd uh-huh. as they're reacting to these very scantily clad dancers. Yeah. You know, we're used to the, oh, me so horny right right it's those dancers uh-huh at the phil donahue show you can picture the hairstyles the glasses oh, yeah. i'm the picturing
0: sally jesse raphael sitting in the audience yes you're picturing With somebody big glasses, big glasses. Mm-hmm. there's
1: tons of them uh-huh. there's people that look like they're appalled and there's people <laughs> that look like holy shit this is the funniest thing i've ever seen oh my gosh but they change it to the funk shop and they start off very uh vanilla they don't say some of the words mhm like uh you just everybody that's listening to this all five of you, listen to me. <laughs> you have to go into YouTube and do two live crew Phil Donahue. It will be the best decision you ever make. <laughs> just as easy as good
0: people. As your decision to listen to the podcast. Almost oh, as okay. good
1: as your decision to listen to the oh, podcast. You're right. Yeah. And it's just to hear Phil Donahue go, here is two live crew with the folkshop. shop. I and you like, know what
0: else is funny is it was only a few years ago, relatively speaking, that blurred lines was such a big deal. Right. It just I don't know, just it feels like you can make a federal case
1: uh-huh. out of anything. Or like uh My Lovely Lady Lumps. Exactly. From the back into the front. Right. Yes. Or there was a song, I can't remember who sang it, but they're talking about super soaking that ass. Yes. Or Skeet Skeet Oh, that's, Skeet, um, Skeet, I know who that is. <laughs> Uh, oh, Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. Okay. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah. And you can be like, oh, they're running around playing with something. Oh, That's so funny. We were in the car.
1: I remember a friend of mine and our daughters were going to we were taking them to like a cheerleading competition or something and they were young. And she had her phone hooked up to my car somehow, or I don't know. Whatever we did back in the <laughs> early two thousands. Yeah. And Kid Rock came on and He says, I'm kid fucking rock. And she goes, oh, oh. And she goes to skip it. And I'm like, it doesn't bother me. Mm -hmm. And she goes, I I don't want the girls listening to that. I'm like, okay. And then she plays that, I think it was the Soldier Boy. That's so funny. And I'm like, they're talking about super soaking that ass. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to hear kid fucking rock. Exactly. It's just words. Yeah. And honestly, if you think of some
0: of the late greats like michael jackson and whitney houston and you could probably find a couple songs where you're like oh she's talking about
1: well dirty diana there you go i mean it darling nikki and dirty diana were were two big ones Mm -hmm. i'm really surprised about madonna's dress you up yeah and uh madonna's like a prayer
0: I always thought that that was so controversial because... The video. The religious... Yeah. The religious <clears throat> part of it. Yeah. You know, because Madonna is Catholic, and there's obviously some Catholic church stuff in the video, and people are like, oh my gosh. I think so. they're burning... I think she
1: burns a cross in the video. Right. And she the Jesus, a black man. Jesus is black. Right. people really lost their shit over that. Yeah. But then I...
0: I read somewhere that that whole song is about, um, like, oral sex. And I'm like... According to who?
1: Right, right. I mean, right. maybe it is. Maybe I need to maybe look so at, it at it again. Down on my knees, I wanna take you All there. Right. Oh my gosh, I am. I do have a cold, but that was, I sorry. <laughs> yeah. In so. the midnight hour, I can feel your power, just like a prayer. I wanna take you there. Yeah, um, but but I do remember seeing Frank Zappa. I do remember seeing uh, D. Snyder mm-hmm. uh, testify. I don't know if "testify" is the right word, but. Um, talking and mm-hmm. and it, I, I, I like that because it also shows how uh, well spoken yes, these people are and people don't want to give them credit. <clears throat> I also think that it really lent to yeah. the fact that they
0: are artists. Yeah. because I think we forget about that sometimes mm-hmm. like we just are like oh he's an entertainer and you know he makes lots of money because he sings songs and sells right. records and makes videos but to hear them talk so passionately about the art and about you know don't censor my art don't tell me what I can and can't do or say with my art and it, it gives you a little bit of perspective, right. I think anyway right. <clears throat> um yeah, and to this day, Walmart will not
1: send, will not sell records that have that have the explicit like Yeah, I, I do remember that. Stickers. Yeah, I do remember that part of it. Yeah. But I was right there. I remember my. I can see my appetite for destruction cassette with uh, the explicit lyrics. But Rocket Queen, there's a section of the song mm-hmm. where it's a it's a woman uh, moaning and groaning. Gotcha. During sex, and it is actually actual audio of actual rose having sex with slash's girlfriend at the time shut the hell up i'm not kidding it's it's 100% true wow yeah it's 100% true it's very i always thought it sounded just very realistic authentic authentic and it was mm-hmm. it was yeah that's actually her and actual having sex but it was slash's girlfriend at the time um, all right well i think that pretty much wraps up Episode number five. Episode
0: five. (laughs) Halfway to (laughs) ten. Very good. Very good math. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye.